1: Good morning, good afternoon, depending on when you're listening to this. Welcome to Pod Maverick After Dark. I'm Kirk Henderson, and I'm joined as always by my co-editor in chief over at Mavs Moneyball and co-host here on all things Pod Maverick, Josh Bo. Josh, how you doing tonight?
2: Doing okay. I think the uh, the heat has gotten <laughs> to me, at least. I think you said it kind of got to you too. But we are, <sighs> are we, we are? are, we are in it. This is the. Uh, this is quite a part of the year in terms of trying to, trying to think of stuff to talk about. Combined with just the oppressive heat raining down, just gives. I'm it, I'm gonna try to push through. I told Kirk right before he went live. Is I'm just I have very low energy today, so I will well, do my best. Yeah, thank you for noticing my
1: haircut, Kay, on the <laughs> uh, on, on the chat there stream. That that cracks me up. I judge by my when I need a haircut when I go to Orange Theory and I run my sweaty hands through my hair and it sticks straight up, like it was like this tall, and I was like, "That that's too much. I need to take care of it. Uh, for those of you who are listening on the podcast, uh, it is August 1st. It's about 9.30 at night on a Tuesday here. We have been bad about recording twice a week. I have been bad about recording twice a week. I felt sick on Friday and just opted against it because I really like hosting these shows where I can bring uh, other people from, you know, Maz fandom on to talk about you know, whatever people feel like talking about, frankly, but I, I just haven't had the juice. So I'm going to try to get, get that going again this Friday. Also, I'm like oddly busy at my real job. It's very stupid. <laughs> um, but you know, look, we've had a couple of things happen in the past two days, which is nice enough because we did take some questions, uh, on podcast, uh, via, uh, you know, we have, we have an email that you can always send questions into got a really good one that we're going to uh, start with here in a little bit. You can always email us at podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I check that a couple times a week and I'm always happy to answer questions and talk with fans. Really appreciate that. But first there were you know a couple of, of news stories today. So friend of the show, friend of the site, fellow media member Grant Afseth meandered over to uh, DFW uh native Miles Turner who played basketball at the same high school you did which 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 one was that um That's
2: uh Ewell's Trinity High School
1: I I know this because I always see the football program in my brain and then I can't <laughs> yes, remember what it,
2: that's what that is what our our school is known for. We are not known for basketball.
1: I was gonna tease you about not going over there to do this, but it's it, my car read hundred and eleven degrees. You also have a day job. This is Grant's day job to to do da- basketball. Had, I'm going to
2: be honest. I had no idea it was even happening. Today. I had I had zero
1: idea. Like there was um, who's the guy that just got traded from the Celtics to the Grizzlies? Um, Marcus nice. Smart. Marcus Smart holds a local camp up in Marcus every summer. Like, there are so many Dallas-Fort Worth basketball players. And because of, like, the seven or eight dudes that were drafted this year, we're just going to see more of that in the future. It's great for the, great for the city, but we didn't even know it happened. So, it's, like, it's hard for us to, to do. And so, well, Grant went, went over there today. And uh, I'll try to remember to post the link in the story to give them uh, credit over there at Dallas Basketball dot com si.com whatever the hell their site is everybody knows it it's like one of the oldest basketball sites in the Dallas Fort Worth area ran by our friend and crazy guy Mike Fisher Dalton Trigg all those we're we're very friendly with them Dalton used to work with us so he got Carlisle was actually there today former Dallas Mavericks coach Rick Carlisle and Rick Carlisle uttered this quote to Grant I think Luca is going to be the MVP this year I think he and Kyrie Irving are going to be great now, for an August 1st content, nothing better. Nothing better. <laughs> thank you. Just Rick. <laughs> thank you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, Grant. Just a real, you know, I I have been Luca's been on the mind. You know, there's the World Cup starts at the end of the month. Slovenia is playing a remarkable number of friendlies, as Meta Robinson covered for us. Uh, with Luca playing some of them. The pictures of Luca have come out, you know. It, when we talked last, we talked a little bit about Luca's weight. We did not talk about, and we talked about uh, kind of his minutes and usage and yada 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 yada. We hadn't seen pictures of Luca yet. Between this quote and the way Luca looks, man, this is how you this is how you talk me into shit. All right. <laughs> well, uh, Luca looks fantastic. Now here's the real funny part. Lucas looks fantastic for Luca like he still doesn't have like definition in his arms. <laughs> he just yeah. looks like he looks in great shape though. Like really the, the thing that, that cracks me up when I see him, um, cause he always wears the tight, like the long the full length leggings. And like, that's where his legs are just fucking tree trunks. Like the man is a beast. And so you pair that with the Carlisle quote. And, and I just, I, I gotta be honest. I, I'm in a, I'm in a great, great headspace with, with Luka Doncic right now. What, what, what do you think at the moment?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, this is the time to, to be in the good headspace. They just had a good, pretty good off season. I mean, it's, it's not fun to to think in the summer when it's already, uh, look, look, it's already 110 degrees outside. I'm not going to think negative math slots right now. Like this is the time for, for optimism. until we actually see them get on the floor. So why not? Um, I love Rick just seems to love to. Like combine this with that Jason Kidd kind of thing he gave when he left the team, like the way he talks about the Mavericks since he's left the organization. Uh, He's very uh, effusive with his praise. Uh, He's not burning any bridges there, that's for sure, Uh, at least publicly. So, hey, that's always nice to see, Um, you know, whether regardless of whatever he thinks behind the scenes, who cares? Um, So, yeah, yeah, that's fun. I mean, you know, Rick – was an influential part of Luca's start of Luca's NBA career. I mean, he coached mm-hmm. him his first, you know, two seasons or, or first three seasons, right? Um, and and so, like, there's going to be even if they kind of butted heads uh, at times during uh, Luca's first couple of seasons here. I mean, I'm sure Luca will one day look back at it and be able to fondly, you know, I don't know, maybe not fondly, but I'm sure they there's got to be some good stuff still there between those two. Uh, to have some mutual respect. So I think that's that's uh,
1: gotta be the case because with what we know and what we've heard through like whispers from various Mavs people, like neither you and I do any reporting, but we talk to enough people. The relationship with Carlisle and the organization had run its course, and everyone knew it but Cuban, and so it 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 was kind of it was just kind of one of those things. Um and, you know, you read these, like, this is a really good article by Grant, talks a lot about Miles Turner, gets some great quotes where, where you know, like, because, like, like, Miles Turner is one of the NBA's, like, quiet good guys um and and it's really fun to to read like rick be effusive about players which once the season starts that stuff sort of stops because you're going <laughs> game to game to game and it's just there's some great stuff in here he's uh he he also mentions you know that he's going to be up in springfield for um isn't it in springfield the hall of fame yep. Yep. uh which is in 12 days and we'll we'll kind of briefly touch on that but i don't want to beat that into the ground because we'll probably you know that's going to be some peak that's peak offseason coverage with Dirk Nowitzki entering the the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, he gives this quote, he he meaning Dirk Nowitzki is just a super special guy. I was very privileged to be with him for 11 years and wouldn't trade him for anything. Um, you know, he says that he talks about the Mavericks offseason. I think the Mavericks made a lot of great moves. They had a great draft. And so, you know, like this is just like like it, it's in a normal period of time. This would be good content this is like mana from heaven if we're being candid um (laughs) because there's just not a ton to talk about uh so i'm I'm glad grant did that so so um all right so we got the other thing that i wanted to kind of kick to you and uh you know if you're you know mark stein has been doing some um you know runs his own Substack. he's a friend of the site i i chat get to i get the privilege to chat with him every now and again he's also going on the radio uh, at least uh, once a week on Saturdays, What's the radio?
2: what's ninety seven point one the freak?
1: The freak. Jeff Skin Wade uh, is there all the time. They are, and you know, we, we we had a chance to hang out with them a little bit at the start of last off season. And what they're doing at the Freak is like a real experiment in radio. Those guys are working all the time, filling in hours mm. and stuff. It's like a it's a very different radio station. And so Mark Stein is getting a chance every Saturday to host kind of an hour of his own show. He also does podcasts uh that go up once once in a probably once or twice a week um and so he did a a, a uh you know a, 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 i'm pretty sure this one was set on a podcast where he it's, said it was set
2: on his radio show oh it was it on the radio show. It, it was okay, set, okay. but they 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 put it into a podcast feed and they split mm-hmm. it up in segments so yeah okay so um, but it was from his, his sound, quote
1: his, or you want huh?
2: me too Uh, Go ahead. I don't have it pulled up.
1: Okay, I got it pulled up here because you wrote the article around it. He said, the Mavericks don't want to be done. Maybe they are done with this roster because further moves are not available to them. They would love if the chance to make another trade run at Clint Capella from the Atlanta Hawks materializes to this point. Um, And you wrote kind of a whole piece around it because the Capella of it all speaks to where you sort of land on whether you would like Clint Capella for this team or not speaks to whether you think the Mavericks are prepared to enter next season or not. Is is that a fair kind of summary? What or what, Talk to me about this is what I'm yeah, getting
2: at. I definitely think the people that really want him on the team are probably the people that think the Mavericks could be like a legitimate title contender as soon as next season. You know, there's definitely some people that think he's like the missing piece. Um, There's some people that think that they just need him because they're worried they're going to have another uh, not-miss-the-playoff-type season. And, and, you know, Mavs fans have seen, uh, I mean, the the franchise's history has been cursed at the center for the most part. And so obviously some fans are concerned about, you know, seeing the same faces uh, roll out there again, even with the, the drafting of Derek Lively. But, yeah, it's just one of those things where, he kind of offered a little bit of new, new news, or at least something I hadn't heard. Where I think he he dropped that Atlanta was asking for Josh Green and ten to trade Capella, and I'm assuming it would have been like Capella and their 15th pick in the first round. And I think that's good that the Mavericks held on that and didn't uh-huh. didn't really budge because they ended up uh, turning ten into two draft picks that fill giant positions of need. Uh, And Clint Capella is over 30 and hasn't necessarily uh, been his best self the last season or so. Um, And he's had injury histories. I mean, really, his entire career, he's had had issues with injuries. And there's nothing wrong with him. And I think he would fit well in Dallas. But it's just part of me can't wrap my head around the logic of if you trade for Clint Capella, why did you draft? Derek Lively 12th. And the rebuttal that I get from people is, well, Lively's not ready to start. And then I'm like, okay, well, if he's not ready to start, when is he going to be ready? Why would you draft someone with that valuable of a draft pick if they're not going to be a starter within a season or two? And then, of course, it's like, you know, look toward the future. And it's like, well, do you really want Clint Capella? I, I don't know. It's just, there are, we've seen this Mavericks team succeed without a bonafide starting center. We've seen them use platoon with Maxi Kleba and Dwight Powell and, and and Lord, they've, they've dug the, dug the bottom of the barrel, Willie Colley Stein and Boban, and they've had success. And I don't think any of their playoff failures since Luke has been drafted. I don't know if you can tie those directly into, well, they needed a better center. Like, of course it would help, but to me, their, their position of weakness since Luke has been here is they just haven't had the dynamic perimeter players. Uh, next to him in terms of athletic, dynamic guards and wings, because so that's the most. Yeah, like, that's the most important position in the NBA, right? Um, so, again, my I just wanted to write a piece that was like, you know, if they do trade, if they do trade for Capella, I understand. I just don't see the logic when you drafted Lively, even if you don't think Lively is going to be a starter right away. Because uh-huh. my thing is, you know, what if? Okay, he's not ready day one. What if he's ready day thirty, or if he's or day sixty, or day ninety, or you know what if he's ready by next training camp of the 2024-2025 season? And it's like now you got Clint Capella as a backup at $22 million. The like same, that's, the, It's just, The
1: same problem the Hawks have.
2: Yeah. The Hawks are trying to train Capella so that they can make room for the, the guy that they like a lot more. So, yeah, yeah it's just I think them Maverick, you know, if they didn't draft Lively, now we're, you know, like let's say they drafted Grady Dick or something. Yeah. Uh, then it makes a lot more sense to me like it, ma- it makes ton more sense because you're not blocking the progress of a young guy by acquiring him um, and it still fits up you know the, the 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 need of center i think is greater if you didn't uh, spend 12 at, li- at lively so again I-, I honestly just think that they can be somewhat successful this season with the platoon that they have and i would rather they just invest resources if they're gonna make a trade i would just rather them try to find a wing.
1: I think it's that's kind of right. Of that's that's sort of where I am. And and if you don't believe in Lively, let me tell you I understand. Yeah. Where I live with Lively right now is kind of a chronic pessimist about this team. Is that from what I've seen of him, his learning curve and the things he's able to pick up is impressive. And he's not going to make the same kind of mistakes. JaVale McGee makes like one thing we've, we've not talked enough about is that Stein even, I think Stein reported this like, like JaVale McGee is not going to be on the Mavericks to start the season.
2: Stein, Cato. I think even McMahon has said it in, on the hoop collective. It's, it's super awkward. Cause
1: like McGee, it was over in uh, Spain representing the Mavericks with the NBPA last week. For some reason, I don't remember. <laughs> I wouldn't. And it's just, it's like, like, I guess he knows, I mean, he's going to get paid regardless. So he probably doesn't care, but it's like, it's, it's, so he's not gonna be on the team. So the Mavericks are going to have 14 guys, uh, you know, we're, we're going to circle back to kind of that, that roster spot at some point. So, you know, you got Holmes, Maxi, Dwight Powell, and Derek Lively. And I get why that makes you uncomfortable. I also think that it becomes a problem in certain situations and matchups not necessarily every game. And mm-hmm. the, the grind of the NBA season is about getting through it. And I think you try to problem solve on the fly. We talked a little bit about this last week and have talked a bit about it all summer. The Mavericks have done a much better job building out spaces 10 through 14 or 15 in their in their roster. So I feel better about their ability to not throw, like they're not going to be throwing you know, stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Like, I I do think there's a real, you know, chance that we get into the season and they look at the roster and say, okay, we have a guard log jam. Mm -hmm. We need to make some changes. Now that may not happen, but I think that's just on the, on the possibility, uh, uh, you know, the list of possibilities. So for anybody that's like feeling very impatient get why because the it's been such a historically bad position but i i just i'm okay with it for now i i really i really am so uh there
2: you are you cut out for a minute <laughs> my webcam sucks sorry about well, that. that's all right you know uh yeah I'm, I'm kind of the same way and i get you know needing to move off tim hardaway jr to maybe clear that log jam i do think the seth curry signing is a little odd if they don't trade tim by maybe the trade deadline because event like they're just going to run out of minutes. I don't know how Luca, Kyrie, Seth, Tim, and Hardy all get minutes in the rotation. And I'm not even talking about Exum, but Exum feels like, you know, the 14th man or something. So I'm not even thinking about him. Um, But even if you don't, you take him out of the picture. I mean, I would imagine Seth, Tim and Hardy all feel like that they should be playing, you know, Mm -hmm. like they, though, you know, Exum might even be able to massage that and, understand that he's kind of coming back into the league, so he's not going to get minutes right away. But those other three guys, I've, they've all been regular NBA contributors, except for Hardy, but Hardy's coming off a, a good end of his rookie season, so he's probably excited about his year two opportunity. So, you know, you can move Tim, you can play Tim some at the three, but we've seen that in the past, and that usually is not the best uh, solution. But so, and, and maybe the Mavericks have tried to tr- trade tim for a wing and there's just nothing that they can they can get out of him um you know that's also a possibility i mean if it comes down to it and they try to trade for a wing and and it's like okay look we can't get this but we can move tim for for capella i mean i wouldn't hate it but i also just it doesn't move the needle a lot for me um because i really i would like to see lively play a lot um Because, I mean, that's kind of – we like the young guys. That's how it is. Uh,
1: and, and as as it was explained to me – well, no, I think it was Sam Viceni said this. I, I'm pretty sure it was Sam Vicente said this on a podcast a couple of weeks ago where when Lively started the year at Duke, he was getting no minutes. And by mm-hmm. the end of the season, he was arguably the best defensive player in the country. So what – you know, obviously his learning <laughs> curve is not going to be that in the NBA – but if it's a quarter of that, if he goes from being you know, a, a, a flailing rookie to a guy you can get 22 minutes a game out of, I'm okay with that. Because like, we're, we're talking about buying minutes. I mean, good Lord, just go through basketball reference and look at some of the centers the Mavs have thrown out the last three to four years, and it's really, really uncomfortable. Um, all right, so because the World Cup, like, we basically have a month to kind of talk. World Cup, like Luca plays. So, we're recording this on on Tuesday, the first. Luca plays Wednesday afternoon at 1.30 p.m. Dallas Central Time. Well, Slovenia plays. I'm pretty sure Luka's playing. I don't think Giannis Atintakumpo is playing. There's going to be so much of this, and honestly, because we're an NBA website as opposed to like a Luca Doncic or international basketball website, we're going to be covering some of this stuff as it comes up. I don't want to, I'm not going to spend too much on it right now just because, you know, there's other things we're going to talk about. So what we did, what I did about two hours ago, I said, you know, what questions do you have? And then I happened to check uh, to, to my Twitter timeline uh, or X timeline, whatever the bullshit we're calling it these days. Um, I, I And then I checked the, the the email and we got an email. I'm not going to read his name because he, he he wrote that he's a little embarrassed to admit this, but I want to point out like, Number one, this was a fantastic series of questions. And number two, you should absolutely not be embarrassed when asking us. But I'm going to read part of, the, part of the email in whole, and then I think we can talk about it a little bit. As someone who's watched thousands of Mavericks and other NBA games over the years, I'm a bit embarrassed to say that I can struggle with following detailed discussions of basketball X's and O's. While listening to basketball podcasts, I often find myself Googling terms like high screen and roll, ball screen, Spain, pick and roll, or double curl to make sure I follow the key points that the speaker is trying to get across. Having never played basketball uh, competitively outside of an intramural or pickup game, I haven't been formally trained in offensive and defensive schemes. With that context, my one request is that you and Josh and other hosts spend some time explaining concepts when they organically come up during your podcasts i religiously watch basketball and find the experience more satisfying when i understand the sets or actions each team is employing in an effort to tilt the scales in their favor man apparently huck also wants to know uh detailed basketball schemes hush this was this was one of the best kind of questions that that I, i think because it's not it's not a question in so much as a discussion and You know, you and I played high-level high school basketball. I was a practice player at a women's college team. We've watched a ton. You have this, you know, this innate sense of watching something once and being able to describe it in a way that I can't within, like, five terms. It's really really impressive. So I think, like, during the course of the year, we can try some of this with what the Mavericks are doing. But I will admit and say out loud that, like, Josh and I sort of go – we sort of go out of our way to not use coaching terms because the coaching terminology changes, and like it, it can sort of try to think how to phrase this. It can sort of drive me nuts, like using the colloquial, like the correct terms. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because, like you said, it <clears throat> the terminology changes, and it's also you run into situations like this. This listener who emailed you, where <laughs> like. Spain pick and roll is not that's not something that you can use context clues to like it's just totally jar, so much jargony that you hear that and it's just if you don't know you don't know and it's and uh-huh. you have like you said you have to google it and that's where number I you Number know, one
1: googling it is a great idea. Yeah, it is. Like first of all, like I don't even do that and I probably should. I was looking Back in the day there there's a guy he's now an a, a assistant coach for um the Thunder writer his name Sebastian Prudy who used to run a website called NBA Playbook that would like walk you through some of this stuff but the terms changed so much like 10 years ago you could hear uh Tom Thibodeau screaming ice 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 which was basically <laughs> like it was a defensive term where if i remember correctly it's like like really it's something to do with defending the pick and roll and it was just and like stuff like this is is natural where i lose interest me as a basketball viewer who watches hundreds and hundreds of basketball games is like i will have a hard time discussing stuff in those terms because i don't really have an interest in learning them like our uh our friend former colleague um writer uh over at d magazine now is talk franco once referred to a Josh Green dive, like, like he, he basically got a pass on the run and drove to the basket and he referred to it as stampede action. I showed it to like seven different people because I'm watching this and I'm like, am I stupid? He gets the ball on the, on a like cut and like is running at the basket. Is this a, is this a real bet? And like, turns out, yes, it is. I will never once describe something as stampede action. It is not as a, it's not in my brain. I just, I just personally can't do it. Um, That said, I do think we can try, uh, particularly when talking about these games in the future to, to talk about the sort of scheme adjustments and walk through what we're seeing a little more. I think that's a really good suggestion.
2: Yeah, and I think something that kind of opened my eyes was I think, you know, he said Spain pick and roll and that one made sense to me and then he even included like, you know, a high screen and roll and in my brain that's just something I've said so many times since I was yeah, in 6th grade. That yeah. I, I didn't even think about like, okay, if what if someone is does, you know, doesn't doesn't know that? Like, you know, I just to me that was just like I thought that was common and I, you know, that's No, it's not. It's just not. It's silly. Just yeah, not. No, no. yeah. And so what's it, what's it's just a good reminder that that you just it it, yeah basketball can get really jargony and insider inside baseball-y and and things like that
3: well
1: so i had the opportunity slash penance this weekend to be the only head only coach for my seven-year-old son's ymca basketball Mm -hmm. team and like when you're talking to basketball to people who don't understand it at all like breaking down core concepts is just so important and like There's two of the kids on the team are like really good, but they don't seem to understand that you cannot, you cannot pick up the ball and run with it. (laughs) And like explaining that stuff on a core, it's like explaining baseball, which is incredibly hard for me. Like soccer is such a, like a a rhythmic beautiful sport like there's elements of basketball that when you start talking about it you realize how jargony it is so so this i'm just i'm really glad that he sent this message i hope he actually sends it again closer to the season so i remember and um and that's just just something that's been been living in my head uh since he sent it Um, all right, so we got some really ridiculous questions when I asked this. Way too many people really want to know what Luka Doncic knew or knows about the Kennedy assassination. Uh, fellow Mavs Moneyball contributor and editor Ben Zidell said, Do you think the CIA had a role in the Kennedy assassination? Like that, like Ben, why are you doing this to me? Um, (laughs) Our friend. So, my friend, let's just kind of go through these one on one. My friend, uh, Rolo's at Speak On It Rolo, uh one of the hosts of the uh, seventy-seven. What is it? The seventy-seven spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hope I get that right. I join it every time I hear it. Um, asks, you know, where could you see McGee realistically going without costing a young player or a draft pick? I. <laughs> Europe, like <laughs> yeah. I don't know, like uh, if you really think they could try? Like, is there is there even anything? Like, is there a salary dump situation for him that that you I mean? Even- only
2: if the Mavericks include a pick. I don't see. You know, only if he's part of like a bigger trade. And he's there to help with some salary matching. Like if it's like the Mavericks are making a bigger trade, and they're trading like Josh Green or Jaden Hardy. Uh-huh. You know, sorry, we have to include JaVale McGee just to uh-huh. make the money work. Like maybe that's how it happens without. But otherwise, like you have to give up a pick. Um, or you have to waive him, which I think that was another question someone asked uh, that was like, why would you waive and stretch him? Because then he, you, you're basically paying for him for five years. It's a smaller amount but he's on your cap for five more years at a smaller number. And honestly, I would just, I would just wave him. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I think I heard some rumblings that they might just wave him like for maybe Stein or someone else, because yep. what it's only this season and then the next season. So like, would you, and again, his number is not that bad. Like it's 6 million. So that's not going to kill your cap. So it's like, would you rather have 2 million a season on your cap for five, for five more years or just take your medicine and do, six over the next two uh they might i think they might just do that i think they might too i I mean all these options are on the table it's really it's
1: it's so funny it i remember being upset and i'm sure i was there's podcast evidence of this about the signing and i remember thinking that it was a horrible signing Mm -hmm. and then i remember going on my friend uh, uh and podcast frenemy matt Moore saying i think this is the worst signing of the summer and me being like really And then it just kind of sinking in thinking, oh yeah, yeah, this was the worst signing of the summer. When you pair that with the fact that they also lost Brunson, it's just brutal.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Um, all right, so before I get to the next question, I want to note if you guys could go ahead and like the stream, obviously, it's off season content in August, nobody's really going to care, but I, I would appreciate it if you did that while you're listening to the show. If you also have the ability to, uh, if you're not a subscriber to the show, please go ahead and consider hitting that subscribe button. If you click it twice, you actually get notified when we go live. We do all of our shows live. Uh, not only because I really like the comments, but it also allows us to skip a step where I don't have to upload a video. Very, very important to be efficient with our time. Um, so thank you so much for that. Uh all right. So before I, I answer the next question, I didn't want to note for people watching on video, my wife absolutely kicked me out of my office, and that's why I have a weird background today. Um, that's that. So Rolo also answered uh or asked a couple more questions that I enjoy because this is a little more uh, specific. He said do you prefer writing articles or doing podcasts? It's a good question. What what Josh, I don't know if I've ever even asked you this cuz I berate you into doing the podcast.
2: It depends. Podcast is Podcast is easier creatively, I think. Like in terms of just like trying to formulate your idea and get it out there, and I think it's easier to just say something than yeah write it down um but there's something about writing that i'm just you know kind of romantic over i think i i think i like being able to write something and then like i think it's easier to go back and look at your older work Uh, Mm. i mean obviously you can do that with podcasts but it's just no yeah there's just something fun about like going back to your old stuff and see what you said and uh there's some concepts that you can do with writing obviously like i like to use like some screenshots and visuals i know you can do that in podcasting too if you're doing a video podcast Uh, you can you can pull up clips and screenshots i think we can do this do that with the with what we're doing right now uh, the program we're using but i mean you know i'm i'm like the last vestige of people that thought that they were gonna get a, a job for a newspaper i think i'm like the last generation so I'm probably a bit more nostalgic for, for writing because, you know, I graduated high school in '07 and college in 2011 and newspapers were on the way out, but there was still like a sliver of hope where I was like, oh, this will be my career. So like I'm still <laughs> there's still a part of me that will always, I think, prefer writing because of that. I think I prefer podcasting more just because I'm not
1: quite as good a writer. I'm much stupider now that I've had children. Uh, I just don't have like the critical <laughs> thinking skills to be – because it's – Josh can pro, – I've probably done this a hundred times since having my son where I'll pop into the Slack and be like, I had an idea and it left my <laughs> head. Um, I will say what's nice about the the whole process is – it becomes a bit of a perpetual content cycle, not to be all like meta, but like you podcast, you talk about what you want to, and then it gives you an idea to write. And then you talk about what you wrote. It's really nice. Like there was a, an odd, there was an odd tweet guy deleted it, but there was an odd tweet about like two or three, maybe it was last week where it was talking about like, like the effort of making a podcast. And I just, I just can't express this enough guys. Like it is so straightforward to make a podcast. I don't want to call it easy because it does take some work, but if you want to do something like this, do it. Mics, like every laptop nowadays has a mic. You can plug in headphones. Your audio quality might not be great, but get out there and make something if you want to. Don't do it because you want, I don't know, fame. That's (laughs) not the right word. There's no fucking fame in this. Do it because you have something to say. Part of why I berated Josh into doing this regularly, because he was the one that started the, the, you know, the Mavs Moneyball podcast feed was we were talking about this stuff anyways. Mm-hmm. So why not like actually do something with it and share it with the world? So if you're having these conversations with your good friends, record it, try it. You get better at it. I've listened to our older shows. We sucked. <laughs> you know nick and isaac are so good at this because they do it every day it takes work it takes effort but like more than anything else if you like talking about the mavericks or talking about whatever talk about whatever the means are there anyway out. that's a good question he has two more that i like and then we're going to move on if you weren't a fan of the mavericks what teams would you be a, f- a fan of that's a oh. good question
2: there's a I'm trying i to love think. the
1: thunder is that ridiculous
2: no, I mean I've loved
1: a, the Thunder for years.
2: Yeah, there and there's a lot of um because remember they started getting good like around. I was a big KD, KD guy because watching
1: watching Kevin Durant at University of Texas was the yeah. last like college basketball religious experience I ever had. He was so
2: good. Oh, did you see him live in Texas? Did you actually go? No, to a game? but I remember it was like, just my watching first his year. games.
1: Yeah, it was my first year out of college. So 2007, I think, is right. Mm-hmm. And so it was like appointment television for me because it was just all of a sudden this, you know, six foot and yeah. 10 guys just shooting threes and like scoring all over the place.
2: Yeah, yeah I I managed to, uh, I drove up to, to Norman, Oklahoma and went to OU Texas where Durant played uh, at OU. And that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, OKC is a popular, especially for DFW people because I had like a lot of friends in high school and college that were like, Mavericks are never going to, like, before 2011, they're like, Mavericks aren't going to do it. I'm tired of this. I I like watching Kevin Durant. I went to UT, and there was, like, a really nice, you know, go right to the Thunder. I guess for me, the thing I'm big on is, like, I'm a Mavericks fan because I I grew up in in Dallas. Like, I don't, like, I'm a fan of sports. Like, I'm not a fan of any sports team that's outside of the Dallas area. Like, a legitimate fan. Like, I like other teams. But, like, I'm big on, like, the regional, like, the low, the community, the growing, like, where, where you You're grew up. You're a huge baseball fan. I was a huge you, baseball fan. Yeah. Uh, Rangers uh, for a long time. My dad, we had season tickets from 2000 to, like, 2012. Uh, oh, wow. We went, yeah, I would go to, like, 70 games a year. Um, That's awesome. So, like, yeah, I went a lot. Um, so, I, I, I used to love the Rangers. Uh, I just kind of fell out of it because I just can't. It's hard to watch baseball. No, it's this. baseball yeah.
1: becomes the thing you do and almost it, as much as watch.
2: Right. So the only thing I can think of is I would probably be fans of the, from where my parents are from. My mom's from the Bronx, New York city. Ooh. My dad's from Philly. So I would probably be either like a Knicks or, or a Sixers guy. I would imagine if I wasn't a Mavs fan. Hmm. I learned I think of.
1: random baseball fact. I learned today that Russell Wilson was, was drafted in yep. the MLB draft before Aaron judge.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's just he was a, crazy, a really good baseball player. Crazy thing to me. Um, okay, so the last question, and I'm just going to answer this because uh, it, Rolo is specifically asking this of me because we are fellow old heads. Favorite RB song you sing with your whole chest? <laughs> the answer to that one is Wifey by Next. And if you don't know what song that is, go ahead and look it up. It's a jam. Um, all right, so we got a cut. Co- this is a good question from uh, KT. At KT underscore WZA, what do you expect or hope that the guard rotation will be considering as of now the Mavs have Luca, Kyrie, Josh, Hardy, Tim, Seth, Exum, and even AJ Lawson and Mike Miles Jr.? That's a great question.
2: (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Luca and Kyrie are playing, what, somewhere between 30 and 35 a game, right? Yep. Um, I assume Seth is probably the big one because we – it, he is quietly like kind of been, well, I don't know if it's quiet, but he just, he doesn't stay on the floor a lot. Right. His injury history is kind of caught up to him. So I would peg him probably somewhere like 18 to 20 per game, but it depends I, I, on 18, Tim
1: 20, like every other game. Yeah. Like, yeah every <laughs> game. Uh,
2: Tim is the one that I don't know. Cause if he's on the roster, if he's on the roster, he's going to play because mm-hmm. he has to play with Lucas. So he might, you know, he should be, Probably twenty five minute per game, twenty two to twenty five guy, and then Hardy is a question mark because where does he? Then where do you slide him in? Xim I see is like he is the the break glass. He plays small forward. That's I, I don't
1: I don't think he plays I don't think he plays guard. I think he plays like emergency and backup small forward.
2: Okay, that's interesting. I mean, he's he's big. No, he is. He's he's 5 and he's hefty. And he can jump and he's got a wingspan. I mean, that's
1: that's where, like, the World Cup comes in because there's somebody in the chat earlier said they expect Exum to play more than Josh Green at the World (laughs) Cup. And I think that's true. Like, I really do, just from, like, pure playing experience. And it'll be worth tuning in to watch Australia just to see if there is a size difference Because I like I Josh Green is a is a guard. Anybody that tells you he can guard wings has not watched him try to guard wings enough. Cause like Kevin Durant makes Kevin Durant's huge, obviously. It's not fair, but you know, so's Paul George, so's Kawhi Leonard. Like those guys all make Josh look small. And that that's just a challenge over 82 games. Sorry, I interrupted
2: you. No, no, you're right. And that, you know, how does that factor into with Josh? Cause are you gonna play him more at the three or are you gonna play him more at the two? Because he's like their only point of attack defender on the roster um so yeah i don't know it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they they navigate this if if tim hardaway jr gets traded i think it makes things a lot simpler um but if not i'm just i'm really curious to see where hardy is like because he finished the season so strong and then they basically signed a guy that does exactly what he does in terms of seth curry like off ball not a point guard but can do some point guard things shooter that's Seth and that's Hardy. So I'm going to be really curious to see what their plans are with those two and how they're going to try to get them both time.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one. I think, you know, I want to address like this So Matt Sullivan, um, asked a question that's related to Josh. He said, should the Mavs let Josh handle the ball more and use Luca as a souped up Draymond role. And the two of them are on the court together with Kyrie early in games to save Luca for the fourth. So I have two answers for this because this is related to the guard rotation stuff that Katie asks. I think that number one, uh, Luca should absolutely be used as a hammer in the fourth. That's the thing that I'm just going to talk about continuously. I don't think the Mavericks actually do it because I don't think they're able to. I don't think they're going to be able to convince. Luca to like because Luca wants to start the game a certain way. I, that's what I would hope though, because I think Luke using Luca to close games when instead of using Luca to start games, I think is a better use of Luca just because he's he's that good. Second, I think that Josh Green's usefulness to the Mavericks is sapped when playing with Kyrie and Luca. I think that his creep because he he's good with the ball and and you know, like he he doesn't I he didn't really play that well with those guys and granted very limited minutes. And so I would love to see what training camp and time to, can do together. But it's just like, I want to see Josh green be creative. And if he can't be creative, he doesn't really serve, you know, the, the, he doesn't, he's not able to play that X factor role. Does that make any sense?
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think, I mean, obviously we would all love it. If Luca bumped that usage down a couple notches and let Kyrie, let Josh green do some things with the ball. Like, that's kind of the goal, right? Like, he, uh-huh. he just, because we know, we know, like, there's history. He cannot have the usage he's having if they want to win a title. Like, he's eventually just going to have to pair it back. And the big thing up until, you know, they traded for Kyrie was, well, the roster wasn't necessarily good enough for him to pair it back. Like, he had to. Like, I mean, he was, I mean, what, last season, he's scoring 50 just to beat Houston by like seven, or, you know, like, you know, that he had to get a 60 20 20 game to beat the Knicks in overtime. Like, it, he couldn't. Pair it down or they would have been an even worse team uh, than they were last year so this season will be interesting to see because they didn't necessarily upgrade the dynamic players on the roster even though they added good players like you know Derek lively and prosper for youth and grant williams um but again those are more role players that kind of are just y- younger better versions of the players that that kind of left the roster over the last two years so you know, they still don't have a ton of guys that can handle the ball necessarily. So, you know, maybe training camp off season with Kyrie, maybe they can figure that out a little bit more. But I think fans' wishes of like them like Kyrie and Luca running like 10 pick and rolls together every game. Like that's not that's not happening this season. Like I just and before fans think about it, like, you know, the same thing happened with Steph and Kevin Durant and Golden State. Golden Warriors fans were like, why don't Steph and Kevin Durant run a pick and roll every time down the floor? It's like yep. almost on ungar- Like guys like that, just regular season basketball is different. They just don't do that. Like it also brings the two
1: best defenders together. Yeah. Like Bobby yeah. pointed that out to me during the season. I didn't really think about it like that. It, you use it like a scalpel, not a sledgehammer. Yeah. Right. It's kind of my thought. So I I, it, there's a lot to, we're going to have a lot to talk about there on that one. This is mm-hmm. a good question that neither of us know shit about um coops at coop or at coops c-o-o-p-z and then three underscores who do you guys have winning the world cup now you probably haven't even looked at the group stuff i've been staring at it here for a couple of days because i'm a true sicko are you Um, talk first so i can look it up oh it's fine (laughs) yeah so the the united states in terms of betting favorites the united states are a betting favorite the second best like like in terms of betting is canada which is fascinating then you got slovenia and australia uh plus 900 each uh, I'm sorry I didn't mention Canada's plus 400 and the United States is negative 105. Um the group play I'm 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 looking at the different groups and there's a real chance that you know kind of like Slovenia has an incredible path to be quite candid with everybody like Slovenia has gosh who I don't even know what some of these country like they're their group play they should win all six games or all because there's there's six total games played and the top two teams in a given group advance then you go on <laughs> to
2: so i'm looking like, at slovenia's group right now they're going to they're,
1: they're wow. going to unless somebody gets hurt like they're just going to kill and then the way it goes into um the second round is also based on group play where the top two teams from a play the top two teams from b and so it's like when you go through that and, and all this is available at, at fiba.basketball you can like just google this sort of stuff and, and and figure it out I'm not a genius but I'm looking like Slovenia play is fgh so just just going ahead to to um to, to to round two
2: that would be it'd probably be playing like Germany or Australia which
1: and and you know when I look at the rosters for the World Cup and it's interesting Germany's like a plus 2500. There's a real like like Germany has a good roster, but it's gotta be like like a path problem. Um, I'm gonna be very interested just just to see here. I like you kind of gotta pick as a favorite the United States, but the United States is not sending like this is gonna. Yeah, I was I think, gonna
2: say, what does the U.S. roster look like? Like, what? what's what group it's are they? Really there? pretty darn
1: good. Um, okay. let me go back and take a look, see if I can click into it specifically because, it's it's like a it's an interesting team. Um, overview head to head. Where is the roster? Come on, you guys, roster tracker. Who will be playing? No, that's that's from from July. So, USA basketball. Oh, I think I got one. World Cup roster. Paulo
2: Banchero, Michael yeah. Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Tyrese Halliburton, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves. That, that is an interesting group. It's you know what I like
1: about it, man. What? It strikes me as a group of guys that could play as a team. You know, there's the the best. A lot of in... give
2: a shit guys. On yes,
1: that <laughs> yes, and like you, you know. You, like Pablo Benchero on a, on an international stage, whoo, buddy. That dude is a man. Like Mikhail Bridges, Brunson, you know you, you get all the the uh, Villanova guys together cuz Josh Hart is there too. Mm-hmm. Like they the the give a shit meter on this team is really really awesome. Um and Steve Kerr's the head coach. Like there's I just uh man, you know, I get really bullish on this stuff cuz I li- like like the whole point of of international play is supposed to, like I know like nationalism is not cool, but the whole point of international sports is to be able to like channel like aggressive feelings into something ridiculous, like sports. So, like I'm just like, I'm really looking forward to these guys playing. I I they're they're kind of my betting favorite, odds on, but I'm really looking forward obviously to see Slovenia. I want to see what France does without Victor Yama. Um, him taking off from it, I understand why. Spain's an interesting one. Ricky Rubio's playing and has like nineteenth international tournament. Um, and he's like our age at this point. Uh, I just, I wonder who's playing in Brazil. Oh, I wonder who's if who's playing
2: guy, for Canada for their betting odds is Wiggins playing?
1: Their whole like every so team Canada basketball World Cup. They have, I mean Dwight Powell's playing. <laughs> hey,
2: don't he'll be he'll do okay.
1: So they have Nikhil Alexander Walker, RJ Barrett, Dylan Brooks. Didn't know he was Canadian. That's sure. Lugans Dort, Zach Eady, uh, who you know, the the college player of the year, Shay Gillius Alexander. I don't know if he's oh, I
2: always I always forget
1: Shay. Kelly Olenek, Jamal Murray, uh Kevin Pangos. Remember that guy? Dwight Powell. Um, and then they got a couple of other guys. And it's just it's it's
2: I saw Jamal is playing, I think. Yeah. Like, For so sure. they, they have the they talent. They got some guys. Yeah. They
1: have the talent where it's just like we watched Jamal Murray in his final run. Like, they they might just mow through some
2: people. So, this will be pretty fun. There's something about Team USA when it's not all the All NBA guys that almost makes me more interested in watching them because, <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's fun to watch LeBron and Wade uh, and Durant just like, it is dunk and and dunk every other possession and, and win games 150 to, to 80 or whatever. But there's something cool about seeing like I mean a lot of these guys on the team USA roster, this is kind of like the next generation. Like mm-hmm. you know, Panchero, Bridges, Edwards, Halliburton. I'm really intrigued to see Halliburton and Edwards for sure. Like that's gonna be a lot of fun. Cause yeah. those are two guys that give a shit. And halberton i think neat like i want more people to know how good he is because i feel like between playing for sacramento before they made a playoff run and then going to the pacers like he has just kind of been hidden in obscurity despite the fact that he might be like what one of the seven best seven six best guards in the nba um like he's really good jaron jackson jr playing defense with international rules will be really fun being able to slap
1: stuff (laughs) off the rim my goodness my goodness i mean they're they're getting really excited now there. it'll be fun yeah and and the best part is man these games are on in the morning because they're playing in the the, in the second I, the, right? the, the, I would argue probably the most basketball crazed nation on the earth um mm-hmm. in, in 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 the philippines um man, that's that's really something I wanted to, to plug a friend of mine's book. If you don't know what I'm talking about here, there is a a book out by my friend Rafe Bartholomew. He wrote it like 12 years ago, I think. Yeah, uh, it's called Pacific Rims, <laughs> and it's an incredible book. Um, I want to say my my other friend Jason Concepcion, he and Network, uh, or I'm sorry, he and Rafe went out to the Philippines because Concepcion is is Filipino as well. Um, and just like, like took in some basketball, if I'm remembering correctly, is
2: like an old Grantland stuff. Um, isn't the, like the third, the most, tra- like the, the third most trafficked country we get from Maz money. Ball I think so still. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, with I Slovenia, Germany, Philippines. It's great. We, we yeah. love, we, we love, we love everybody that will we'll pay attention to what we do from that far away. You guys are amazing. Um, we've got a couple more questions. Let me see. Most of these are silly. Um, where can we watch the Slovenia games? That's a tough one, and I, I honestly got to tell you, until they go to the World Cup, which that stuff will be on ESPN and ESPN+, the best way you can really access it is probably through streams that are not of a legal means. Um this is a good question, only in the fact of I don't think we can answer it right now. Jonathan Blick says, assuming health, what will be the Mavericks' best closing five-man lineup?
0: <sighs>
1: we don't know yet because it's got to we got to see who Kid trusts. I, I, I ask ask me that after five games because I think we're going to see it, and then we're going to ha- and hopefully we're not going to be like Kid. Please play the best players like we were last year.
2: Yeah, what's, off the top of my head, I would say like if you put a gun to my head right now. Kyrie, Luca, Green, Grant, Maxi is probably the one, and that. uh if they, if right. they don't if they don't do any moves, and then swap in THJ for Green if they kind of want to. Well, the I offense. think Omax
1: makes a real case by like game twenty. I just do. Yeah, yeah, I like. I, I, mean. He he's gonna he's just gonna be a guy that kid plays and and he should because he's enormous and there's a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Let me see here. There was one more. Those, okay, so my, my my friend Luke Byrne says, "What do the Mavs do with the fifteenth roster spot?" I think he's assuming the cutting of of McGee.
2: Well, they're How at fourteen they, right now. Are, are they? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if that's the case, then I think they keep that 14th spot open because I was telling, um, because you know our, our friend Dalton Trigg, who gets really bored and starts writing preposterous, <laughs> who gets really bored and starts writing preposterous trade stuff. I think they they still have part of the mid level exception, right? Yep. I, I think, think they, they have like in, about five five ish. I think they go into the season and they hold that spot. They maybe bring on somebody that's cheap with the ability to cut them. Uh, And then at buyout time, if they're in a decent place, then they sign somebody because didn't the Mavericks lose out on a guy from Orlando who went to the Suns?
2: Yeah, Terrence Rice. It'll be a situation like that. Yeah, the Mavs can only offer the veteran minimum. The Suns still had some of their MLE left. so That's my prediction really i know it's a really boring
1: prediction um, No, that's
2: a smart thing to do because i mean i mean the guys left uh, the guys left are really it's the anchorman meme that i did last week it's like Derek jones jr and kelly Oubre and yep like i did but i would rather just wait and see what the buyout market looks like i, I think that's like right that's, yeah that's press for those guys
1: man 54 minutes look at
2: us I flew by
1: yeah, it was, no, it was fun. I mean, our, our our fans ask good questions. There was a maxi... There was a... Not a maxi. Um there's no maxi-related question. I hope we address, address that. Um, So, before we go, uh, what would you think of uh, Oppenheimer?
2: Ooh, boy. That was really good. Um, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a... I'm a Nolan stan, so I love all of his movies. Um, it was a, quite the experience. I've seen all... I've seen... I've seen all of his movies at the Dallas IMAX. That's like one of the last remaining legitimate IMAX theaters in the world that does like legitimate film IMAX. Um, if you've never seen him, like I would just implore, they I think they added some show times uh, toward the end of the month of August. Like it's, if you're in the DFW area, it's quite, it's pretty spectacular to see his films like that. I understand really, why now yeah. having
1: seen it because yeah. if, if, there's, a, there's three or four scenes in the whole movie, but then they just film a lot of it this way where like, there's not, not to sound like Tyson Chandler in 2011, but like there's a verticality element yes. that changes the way the movie presents, not just because of the test of the atomic bomb, but also because of some of the conversations with the characters where instead of seeing, you know, you guys see me and Josh like this, what if you were able to see Josh and I standing up and talking? that it's a little, not a great comparison, but that's the only thing that comes yeah. to mind where it just, it gives you more of a sense of being while watching yeah. the movie.
2: Cause the best way to describe these, this, the screen that's at that Dallas theater is it's not 16 by nine widescreen that you're used to ratio. It's almost like a four by three square, but it's, uh-huh. it's five stories tall. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite something. And yeah, I, I think just about the movie itself, uh, it felt kind of like the culmination of Nolan's career, sure. like just kind of working towards it. Uh, it felt like he addressed some of the criticisms of his earlier movies in terms of dialogue and writing and, and plot and structure and things like that. It was a very mature movie. It was honestly a movie I didn't think he had in him because I love all of his movies but all of his movies have a little bit of a a hokiness to them. Uh, like Interstellar is one of my favorite movies. I love. I fucking love that movie. I will go to bat for that movie, against anyone, the more the
1: more times you watch it, the better it gets. Yeah, but at the end of the
2: day, there's like the main crux of it is like talking about how like love transcends time, and like not to to downplay on it, yeah. like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a little hokey. Like he yeah. likes to get a little, uh, I don't know how to how to describe it, but like this felt like a very mature movie for him, um, and it was interesting because it's, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I'm I'm it was a part of history that I don't know as much about, so it was also just interesting to see that that, uh, you know, from that lens. And I think it's wild that it like <laughs> that type of movie is like doing really like, is like the big blockbuster. Cause it really is like, I don't know. It's, it's a lot, it's a, it's a talking movie. Like, it's, it's a talking it's, movie. It's not yeah. an action. It's not an action blockbuster. Like it's no. not the
1: dark night. Sounds pretty amazing though. That's the other yeah. reason to go to those theaters is yeah. the sounds yeah. like that, that movie you feel, I will say, that it's the that movie was the 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 movie version of let's remember some guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just so many acts I'm so sorry where you're just like yeah. wait that guy and then you're looking because like one of my wife and i's favorite movies from it's like one of the first things we watched when we started dating was 10 things i hate about you and mm the 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 character and and uh, what's his name I have to go look at this uh his name in, in the move in the in the movie his character's name is Michael but the the actor's name is David Crumholtz and like you're just watching this and you're like that guy then there was oh my God I saw some like like just some memes on some of the people who were in it where uh it, it's 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 there's just like, he pulls people out of hats, okay. <laughs> Like yeah. it's it's some really incredible casting, even f- and-
2: even for like roles that they're only on the screen for like a minute. Like <sighs> some of the people he gets to play some of the roles, it's pretty pretty awesome.
1: I mean, I was I was simply simply amazed.
2: It, it's it. So you go see, you you almost got to
1: go see it for for that level of thing. um Anyway, I'm sure people are really. And and you know, in the next movie I, I get to go see is uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie,
2: which Oh, uh, I can give you a little report. I already Oh, saw you've it.
1: already got you see everything first. I can't <laughs> wait though.
2: I know. Well, I got I got lucky. They did a little sneak peek. It, it hasn't actually come out. They did like a sneak preview thing on Saturday, and my mom was like, Can you if your little brother wants to get out of the house, uh new movie? I was like, Okay, and we went and saw it. Uh and it's fun, it's a lot of fun. It's not um it's not Spider Verse levels of like wow, this is like a genuinely incredible movie. Yeah, um, but it's got that same like polish and and, and kind of heart mm-hmm. to it. So like it's and visually it's like it's dynamite. It's I,
1: I saw it's really just to get movie, out yeah. of the heat. I saw. Um, do someone asked? Do you remember Bo- 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 Bogie Lowenstein from Ten Things <laughs> I Hate About You? Yes, I do. Um, I get just to get out of the heat, I went and saw Spider Verse for the third time this weekend. Still slaps, it's so good.
2: good. The one thing about Oppenheimer I forgot is the one that floored me. And this isn't a spoiler because he's in the trailers. Is uh, I only know him as Bernard from the Santa Claus elf. I did not realize that was him until after the movie. And Megan was like, Yeah, that I think that was him. And we looked it up because obviously he does not look like that in the Santa Claus he's uh you know he's he's uh rounded out like as we all have um, I'll just say that he's really good, good in Oppenheimer so like good for him man he's really
1: good in that movie don't don't look this up if you don't know but but the guy who plays Truman of <laughs> course it's him and once again batting like a thousand yes. it's just that Oppenheimer was just, just <laughs> keeps and you know um I I, I also can't wait because I'm a sicko I loved monster movies as a kid. I'm going to go see the Meg two on like
2: the biggest screen
1: possible. That's
2: fun. That's just the fun. That's a good, just
1: terror. I cannot wait. Just terrible stuff. Well,
2: that's for movies that know they know what they're doing. Like that Mm -hmm. movie is leaning into what it,
1: well, that's it for Kirk and Josh and movie corner. So, uh, I, I I think I'm going to try to do a show this Friday for real. Um, I I did or like I was so sick after Orange Theory on Friday because it was like 105. I just like felt like I was going to die and I just didn't do it and I shouldn't. So if you have questions and want to come talk to me, be sure to subscribe here on YouTube you know, we do this live link where I can post, you know, I like it, you can even do it through your phone. We have had guys do it while they're driving. It's real fun, real simple. We can talk Mavs. We can talk other stuff. I don't really care. It's the off season. You know, I if people don't listen to our show as much, I really, I really, really get it. Um, but you know, it, this is more of a community than it is a podcast. And I, I just want to, want to keep hanging out and, and doing stuff. Um, so you know we can talk world cup you know luca again hopefully plays tomorrow maybe we can have some stuff to overreact to there i really love watching luca shooting the fiba ball because the pattern's different um (laughs) that's a silly thing but it's like i always love like watching videos of the aba ball just because it looks different um so we'll we'll have enough stuff to talk about on friday to come hang out for a half hour thank you for hanging out for uh, an hour tonight with josh and i josh you got anything
2: no i'm good let's get out of here and and have fun with the World Cups coming up
1: soon. That's right. I'm going to go play Diablo again. I'm <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody be good. Kirk Henderson, Josh Bow, Pod Maverick. Please subscribe, rate and review, leave comments. I love reading all the comments. They're my favorite part. Everybody be good, and we will talk to you next week.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?